Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I'm very, very happy. I think no words can describe another couple of years here at Spurs. I think there's no place I, I can't be happier, you know. I'm honored to play this club and I'm a small piece of getting to the next level in a couple of seasons uh, to, to reach the Champions League season in, season out and then going to the final as well. So um, I think this is just the beginning of something uh, something big and something very exciting. It's not only me, my family is very happy here. I'm very lucky to have a, like a very good connection with the fans, with the club. From the beginning, you know, um, people know my history. I played for, for Ajax and of course I have a lot of respect for the club. But now I'm, I'm, I'm a Spurs player and I couldn't see myself playing for another team. Um, I think I'm, 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 I got in love with the club. It feels like in both ways. I think the club likes me. I love the club, the fans, everything, the new stadium. It's like I'm, I'm living some sort of dream, you know. From the beginning when I came here, I think they accepted me very well. And then, of course, that it's like, a, like friends and that's, that's very important to I think the fans and the club can see this on the pitch as well, that we really work for each other uh, and want to achieve uh, big things. Um, we couldn't do the things we've done in the last couple of years if you not uh, have a very good group. Um, and now we've come from young players to more adult and now it's time to, to be even better. We want to get top four, I think it's important for the club to get Champions League again. And maybe if we showed last season in, in, in a cup or in the Champions League, if we can beat any team uh, on a day. So, um, yeah, I think exciting times to come. And I think we're going in the right direction. Hello and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs here on Patreon. A big show for you this evening as we reflect on Toby Alderweireld finally putting pen to paper on a new contract with Tottenham Hotspur. We've had to wait a while for it, but it has, my God, been worth the wait. And we're also going to be reviewing Jose Mourinho's press conference ahead of that huge game against Chelsea at the weekend. Delighted to have back on this show alongside me two of our regulars, of course, in Lee McQueen. Lee, how are you? 
Very well, mate. I mean, so fresh from Liverpool show last night, and uh, people signing new contracts. The pens are coming out. I'm I'm loving this stuff. This is the Jose Mourinho effect, isn't it? It is the Mourinho effect. He was actually asked that question in the press conference. You're actually going to hear that a bit later on. And delighted to also have back on the show, of course, Jamie Brown from the Daily Hotspur. Jamie, how are you? Yeah, very good, very good, and uh, yeah, very very happy with the news this morning that Toby's finally signed the uh, contract after two or three years of negotiating. So yeah, very happy. Well, I tell you what, let's get right into it. Lee, I'm going to start with you because that was the breaking news of Friday that Toby Adeverald signed a new contract with Tottenham Hotspur until 2023, really committing his long-term future to the club. What did you make of that news when you initially heard it? Well, I mean, you know, you know what I'm like, Rick. I nicknamed uh, the six of them the Contract Rebels uh, a few months back, didn't we, on, uh, on Love Sport? Uh, and uh, and and he's, it, there's now five of them, not six, and uh, that's all I've ever wanted. I, I've never questioned Toby's professionalism. I've never questioned his ability, uh, other than maybe, as Jace would say, uh, some heading and some corners or whatever. But he, he's a he's a world class defender. I still think he's one of the best defenders. And I think that you know to keep my powder dry and to be consistent on what I've always said is he shouldn't be in the first team if he's not committed to the club. Now he's committed to the club. I have no issue with him. Having a captain's armbands, if you fancy it, instead of uh, if, if Kane gets injured or whatever it might be, and driving us forward. Because there is no doubt he is a brilliant central defender. And, and, and you can see that, to be fair, in some of his performances. So I have to say, I'm absolutely delighted. I just want people to be committed to, to our wonderful football club. And he's done that. So fair play. Yeah, I think that's what we've always wanted, Lee, isn't it? Just the fact of having those committed players, those that want to wear the shirt with pride. And to be fair to sure. Adderfield, like you mentioned there, the case with him is that he's always remained professional throughout his time at Tottenham. I don't think you can ever say at any point he's down tools or hasn't given absolutely everything. But there's really something I want to pick up on with you, Jay, that he signed a deal that is exactly the same length as Jose Mourinho. Do we look into that very deeply, that this was very much the case of if Mourinho didn't come through the door, Toby might not have renewed. Do you, do you have to look into that that deeply or do you think for you it's a component of things that it's Tottenham as a club, he's been there for many years, he said that he loves the connection with the fans, he, you know, he obviously enjoys living in London too. Is it a combination of things or do you think Mourinho has been the pivotal factor in Toby signing that new contract with the club? Yeah, without a doubt. Look, with, with all the contract rebels as Lee calls them, I'm, I'm kind of on the same impression as, as Lee. I've, I've always kind of wanted them gone because I feel as though it's never works out when you've got players that want to, don't want to be at the club. I think it's always best to get rid of them. Um, I've, always, I've always said that, no, no matter how good they are, Ericsson, um, Danny Rose when he, was, when he was as good as he was, uh, Yamba Tong and Toby Aldevaro, I've always said that they're players that you probably need to get out the door if they are not committed to their club. And it's just it's fantastic that Toby is now committed to the club, that he signed his contract and I don't, and I think the dynamic really has changed under Jose Mourinho. It certainly wouldn't have, he wouldn't have signed under under Pochettino. He did look as though, although he did remain professional, which I will say, I, I, don't, I don't think that he was commit, he was fully committed to the club, and he saw his future at Spurs. But that's completely changed under Mourinho now. I think we saw at Manchester United, Mourinho wanted to sign him, and he just seems to, to really like Toby Aldevarde. I think he's played um, every single minute under him so far. So I'm I'm very certain that Jose Mourinho has had a big impact on on Toby signing this new contract. What's interesting about what Jamie brings up there, Lee, is that the, the Mourinho factor in terms of Toby putting pen to paper finally. But also, I think it's gone widely unnoticed that there's definitely been some kind of financial strain 
either way in terms of whether Daniel Levy has come down to meet Toby Alderweireld's expectations or whether Toby's had to meet halfway in the middle with Daniel Levy because as we understand it, he's new three-and-a-half-year contract has trebled his previous salary of 50000 to 150000 per week. Is that, again, Spurs giving a statement of their intent that when they gave that new contract to Deli Alley, they gave that new contract to Harry Kane, for example, Spurs are now ready to give players that big-time money to tie what they believe to be their quality players down for the long term? Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. I think there'll be some sceptics out there that will say, um, you know, that he was only offered a new deal because uh, Jose's gone in there and, you know, and and he's got what he wanted and Levy's had to go and pay and paying what he wants. What was it he said? Paying whatever he wants. Um, but, but equally, there there be some uh, negotiation that will have gone on behind closed doors. That, that let's let's not forget, right? This 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 reported hundred and thirty or or whatever hundred thirty grand a week contract's been on the table for two and a half years, and he's still been getting fifty. So you, some people could say it's a genius move from uh, from Daniel Levy because he could have been paying Toby for the last two and a half years hundred thirty grand a week, and he's only been paying him fifty grand a week. So I, I don't know. All I know is that you know I, I agree with Jamie and, and yourself. That I don't think he would have signed under Pochettino. And although uh, I went on, on record and have been saying it, if I was the boss, I would never have sacked Pochettino. Something has obviously changed a lot, hasn't it, lads? Because because clearly Toby has has decided to sign a new contract. Whether or not that's money, whether or not that's a manager, whether or not that's a bit of both something's clearly changed and it has to be something to do with a manager, surely. Yeah, I think you would definitely think so, Lee. Mourinho's played a pivotal factor into it. I mean, he's very much played it down. He said, I believe a little when he was asked on his influence of the deal, he said, when I read comments, what jumped out was he couldn't see himself happy in another place. The only bit of influence I had is he knows my belief in him. He has played every minute of every match. Now, Toby also wanted to make a point that for him... He feels he's very lucky to have a good connection with the fans and the club. People know my history of Ajax. I have a lot of respect for that club. But now I'm a Spurs player and I cannot see myself playing for another team. How nice, Jay, is that to hear from Toby? That for him now he sees Tottenham in reality being his last club really he's going to play for. Yeah, I think it's massive. I mean, a player like that, I think, look, on his day, I think Toby Alderweireld can be one of the best centre-backs in the league. And I think that... Jose Mourinho is probably being a bit modest there in what he's saying. I do think that his future, that Toby's future was very reliant on Mourinho coming in. I think that he now sees, and a lot of those players now see, I think Harry Kane as well, you know, he kind of spoke that he had a lot of love for Maurizio, but it was kind of, it's nice to have that change. And I think that, as, as I've said, I think something needed to change and it was either the manager or the players. And I, I, I personally was hoping that it would be the players, but it was the manager that changed. And, Look, so far, I can't complain with how it's gone. I think it's been, it's gone very well um, so far. And I think as you, uh, on the previous point as well, in terms of the money that we're offering him, I think that that's also really nice that we're kind of changing our policy as well. And it shows that that's another reason of why we're competing, um, an exciting reason of how Spurs have changed. I think, as we mentioned, there's the Jose Mourinho factor now. As I've just said, I think that he's his, you know, his, him arriving at the club has certainly had an impact on Alderweireld. But I think now that, we're, now that we're in this new stadium, I feel as though Spurs feel as though they can go and financially compete now. I think that that was maybe an issue when we didn't know the, the full costs of the stadium and it was changing. I think Daniel Levy said that the costs were you know, constantly changing. But now it's kind of all sorted. You know, uh, He's gone and refinanced it and everything. It's just brilliant to see that we're offering players big contracts now. And of course, 
um, offering Jose Mourinho the largest, uh, largest, uh, second largest in the world behind Pep Guardiola wages uh, per year. So I think that it's, yeah, very exciting. I think it is very exciting to, again, re-sign a player of Toby's quality. Let's be honest about it. We're talking about a player that, in reality, to go out and buy a player like that, I was stunned. I was absolutely amazed that when he had that release clause for 25 million, I still cannot believe that nobody came in to meet that release clause. You're talking about a guy that, for me, look at the amount of experience he's had in the Premier League. He's now had the Champions League experience he's had as well. He's got us to a Champions League final. He's played consistently in a team that's been close to winning the Premier League, you would say, or competing for the Premier League. We've been regular in the Champions League too. I don't think you can put a price on the experience he has and how much he definitely cares for the football club and the emotion he shows when he's on the pitch. And if I was to ask you, Lee, for you... When you look at those contract rebels, was he the player that you most hoped would have signed a new contract? I think he'd be one of the two, um, maybe three. And here's where we're going to be a bit controversial. Um, I want to see Jan Vertonghen stay at the club. I love him. I think he's absolutely amazing. Uh, he's only a contract rebel in my mind because he ain't committed himself to the club. I think some people probably got that right in a sense of he probably wants to commit to the club and maybe it's the club that are not giving him the length of contract. So I would definitely want to... And, and I, I actually think, lads and, and listeners, I think that he will sign a new... I think they'll offer him a new contract now that he wants and I think he'll stay. Um, and I think that would be brilliant. Uh, the other one would have been Toby. But the controversial one, for me, is Christian Eriksen. Now, again, my, my stance has always been the same. He would be nowhere near the first team because of his current situation. I do not understand why he's getting minutes. He shouldn't be playing. He's openly come out and said that he wants to leave. He wants a new challenge and all that sort of stuff. However, if he decided that he wanted to stay at the club and he committed his future and he was 110% committed, I'd want him to stay because on his day, he's world-class. So, you know, for, for me... Um, I think you're out of the professionalism, out of, you know, always wanting to stay and do the best for it. Toby was probably the one that, that has been the most consistent. He's obviously got a fantastic uh, Twitter and social media PR person because they do all of them tweets for him and all that sort of stuff, which has been brilliant. Um, but I think that, you know, for me, him and Jan would be, uh, would be good. I mean, I think that Jan's been playing very well. Again, I don't know what you lads think since Joe stays arrived. I think Matongan again, for me, you look at him, he looks re-energised, refreshed, definitely under disappointment. And Jay, I mean, same question to you. Out of those contract rebels that are yet to agree any new terms with the football club, would Alderville have been your preferred choice looking back now? I'd probably say he would have been top of the list, but it was just a case of um, whichever play, if they're committed to the club, then I'm more than happy them, for them to sign on. Um, I think with Ericsson, it doesn't really matter what our opinion is on him. I do believe that his head, uh, in his mind, he knows where he's going to end up. I think that he will be off. No, of course, he did get the assist on the weekend, but I think that if, if Mourinho knew that he was at the top of his game, then he'd be getting a lot more minutes. He'd be starting. Um, and, and I guess that if he really was going to sign a contract, there was kind of a, a glimpse of him signing a contract. He'd be playing more minutes. Um, I think with Vertonghen, I'm not I'm not too bothered with Vertonghen. I think that I, I'd rather he did commit because it would be silly to let a player go who's, who's given us so much uh, good over the last couple of years. Um, and, and to be fair, he has come and done a very good job under Mourinho. Um, so I'd be more than happy for him to sign a contract. But I think with, with Alvaro, I've said it um, a couple of times, I think that he has really remained professional throughout and that's been brilliant to see. As I said, again, I think Mourinho does really seem to like him, um, having tried to sign him at Manchester United and he's been brilliant this season. So, yeah, I, I, for me, it was always Toby Alvaro would have been the one that I would have picked.
So we are now going to reflect on Jose Mourinho's press conference ahead of that Chelsea game. I mean, interestingly, we've been speaking about the fact that we may see other players also commit their future. But interestingly, Mourinho, in that press conference, said that he doesn't think it will lead to a domino effect on new deals. As we know, Jan Vertonghen, Christian Eriksen, Danny Rose, these kind of players, you know, their contracts are coming towards an end. I mean, Jay, we'll start with you. He seems very adamant that it's not going to see, you know, a case where other players are going to renew their contracts. How disappointed are you to hear that? Or do you think Mourinho is just keeping his cards very, very close to his chest? We all want, as we've just mentioned, Jan Vertonghen to sign that new deal as well. Do you think he doesn't want to give too much away at this stage? I think I think really the only one that will have kind of an effect on will be Vertonghen. Um, but I think with Vertonghen, I, as Lee said, I think it is just a matter of waiting to see, you know, if Spurs to offer him the right amount of years. I mean, what's he, 33 now? So it's going to be difficult to kind of offer him a contract. I th- I'm sure he'll want like a two or three year contract. Um, and then, then he's getting on a bit there. But um, I think that's really the only one that will have an effect on um, Christian Eriksen, as I said, I think that he's gone um, in his mind. I know he's got probably got a club lined up. Um, and with Danny Rose as well, I think that you know he's going to see out the 18 months of his of his final uh, of his contract. Um, so you know that there aren't too many others. I think that we saw today on on Vertonghen's Instagram, he seemed to be very happy and promoting that um, Alderweireld had signed a contract. Um, and I know a lot of people will be very happy if he does sign a new contract with Tongan. For you, Lee, just interesting to get your thoughts on this. Do you think Mourinho, as I said to Jay there, is just trying to keep his cards very, very close to his chest? Doesn't really want so. to say anything at all. I mean, let's be honest about it. That Toby announcement, it came completely, really, out of the blue. Whilst there were... It really mur- did. Well, whilst there were murmurs or reports that they were, you know, optimistic that he would sign a new contract... I just wonder also the fact that it is the same then for Mourinho. Just how key is it that the man that he's signed with is obviously now the manager of the football club. You know, it's a man that he's looked up to very much. And again, you look at someone like Vertonghen, who scored that very late winner, as we know, against Wolves. And he said that already they're adapting to Jose Mourinho's methods. Whether it's a player like him again that is really going to be, you know, pivotal to this next phase in Tottenham moving forward? Yeah, I think, uh, I can't remember who it was. I, I can't give him credit, but somebody said about Jan Vertonghen, you know, becoming part of the coaching staff, uh, maybe in the future. Um, he's actually 32. He's 33 in April. He's 24th of April, uh, 1987 he was born. I just checked. <laughs> um, so he's, he's actually oh, yeah. 32. So you could you could give him a two-year contract and he and he still wouldn't, he'd still be under the age of 35. Um, I, th- I think that uh, if the club offered him that a two-year contract, I think he'd take it, um, and I think he, I think he can, I think he can do more than do a job. You know what I mean? Inverted. I don't think it's just about him doing a job. I think that you know he he is a left-sided centre back, and that for me is really really important. Unless unless Jose and uh, and Daniel Levy uh, and and a club have, uh, have identified another left back left-sided story center back I don't think you not you can't afford to let him go but I think it would be a real shame to let him go after the service that he's done and uh, and, and all them sorts of things um, so I would like to see the club offer him a new contract and uh, and for him to be committed I don't think I might be wrong here lads but I don't think he's ever come out and said he wants to leave and all that sort of stuff so you know loosely contract rebel because he hasn't got, he ain't signed a new contract but that might not be his fault um, um, I, I do f- disagree with Jose as well. I think that there may be a domino effect if the club is willing to. So if the club is willing to offer 
uh, Yamba Tonga a new contract, I think he will sign and therefore domino effect with his pal. You've got to remember, right? Jose, uh, sorry, Jan Vertonghen and Toby Alderweireld, they've played with each other. Sorry, let me rephrase that. They've played football together, right, for a long period of time since, you know, since they were growing up. So, you know, it would be a bit a bit of a shame for uh, for Toby to get a new contract and, and Jan not to. So I, I think that, you know, there's maybe a bit of um, uh, cloak and dagger there with maybe a new contract coming out for Jan. I just wonder, Jay, how much plays into the fact that, that Vertonghen is now, you know, in that that thirty-year-old bracket and plus, because I think with Spurs, there's always been that kind of policy that when it comes to that age group, let's be honest about it, we are very reluctant to want to give a player more than that initial twelve months. I mean, you look. I mean, Lorente was one player, for example, that was completely against Spurs' policy to bring in because he was over thirty. You know, I just wonder with Vertonghen because of the experience he's got. And because he is, again, another real fan favourite, the same as Toby. And I think that's very, very, you know, something that was very made clear, especially in the press conference of Mourinho's today, that the fans were very much excited about Toby renewing his contract. It was the, the reaction of supporters, I think, that the fans in general, the club want to feed into this. They want to try and, you know, create positivity around the fan base. And when you give Jan Vertonghen, a new contract if they were to like they've done with Toby that would only once again kind of get fans really on side I mean I just wonder from that perspective whether there's maybe a bit of a bargain here whether it's a case that Jan wants more than 12 months and Spurs are slightly concerned whether they want to give him more than 12 months well I think we've heard murmurs Jay in the past that there has been some injuries with Jan and then maybe that concern that is he capable enough to sustain a decent level of performance more than just over 12 months down the line yeah, look, that's that's one thing I'll worry about with Jan Vertonghen. And I think that if you look at a lot of us, uh, two of our centre-backs now that are coming through in Davinson Sanchez and Juan Foyt, they're both uh, very, you know, they're both very much modern-day centre-backs. They're very quick, they're very agile. And you just think with Jan Vertonghen that maybe he's lost a bit of that. Um, but on the flip side, I think that his, you know, as you mentioned, his experience, his knowledge of the club, I think that's something that can be really important to have. Um, and he is, whatever we say, I do think that he remains still a decent player. Um, but I think Lee made a really good point about left-sided centre-backs. I think that that is something that is really important to have, uh, you know, either-sided centre-back, either-sided footed centre-backs. Um, and they're very, very hard to find nowadays, um, left-sided centre-backs. So I think for that reason, that's one reason why you'd possibly go and keep the Ambertongan. But yeah, look, I think that if you were to get go and uh, go and get Yamatong and sign down to a new contract and Toby, that partnership that fans have you know loved over the last couple of years, I think it certainly would get um, fans back on side. Just quickly interact, uh, yeah, there, lads. You know, uh, Toby is uh, two years, virtually exactly two years um, younger than Yamatong, and then he signed. Uh, what was his contract today? Is it two and a half or three and a half? Three and a half years, exactly the so same. Identical to Mourinho's. As Joe said, right? So if he's got three and a half year contract, essentially that's taking him up to the best part of 34 years old, isn't it, really? Um, yeah. And uh, and you're, you know, ne- nearly 30, 34 and a half. And therefore, you know, if, if we was to offer Yambatong an 18 month contract, it would be the same thing. So just talking about kind of the over 30s type rule, inverted commas, um, you know, we, we've just offered a, a 30 year old a three and a half year contract. We've just offered. A 29-year-old in Musa Soko, a four-year contract. So, 
maybe the club have changed their stance on that. And, and let's hope that, you know, we can find it, uh, find another six months so it becomes a two-year contract for Jan and he can stay. Because I do believe that that left-sided centre-back, and Jason said it a long time as well when we were talking before, you two boys love a transfer, don't you? When you, you, you were talking about, um, you know... Uh, um, Left side of centre backs coming into the into the frame, and um, you know they've got to be homegrown, and who's uh, uh, Nathan Aki, and he and he qualifies and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, I know he's injured, but the reality is, I think that's one of the reasons why Ben Davies got a five-year contract because he's left-sided. He can play centre back as well as left back, and it gives us some some balance there. I think the other thing as well is clear as day. Since Mourinho's come in, he likes to have that lopsided back four. Let let Ore go and bomb up the pitch, and actually have the left back stay behind. And Danny Rose, he can't do that. He can't do the other side of the game either, in my opinion. So actually, the and because Ben Davis is injured, Jan Vertonghen is a perfect fit for that type of role. So, you know, if, if, if Jose's identified that's the way he wants to set up and play over the next kind of 12, 18 months or so, and, he, and, he's, uh, and he's being backed by the manager, uh, by the board, and they should be, then maybe the new contract is coming. It's definitely seemed to be the way that, that Mourinho has played, where we've had the, the right back really bombing forwards and then having that left, having the left back come in form a back three, and I think that as we saw, you know, he faced a really tough, t- uh, t- tough task on the weekend to come up against the Dharma Traore, and he and he kind of came out on top. So he's he's been a guy that suited that role of, of maybe sometimes playing at left back and then slotting into a back three. I think he's done that really well, and um, and again, that's uh, as Lee said. I think that's definitely a reason that you you try to keep him. Think back of the Mourinho years and, and the clubs that he's managed. I can't really comment on, on, on Inter and Porto too much because I don't know too much about them. But certainly from a Chelsea point of view, didn't he have Carvalho at the back? Was it Carvalho? He did, the yes. First time around? And, and, and he, yeah. weren't, he weren't young, was he? He wasn't no, a young centre-back. He likes to play with with experienced centre-backs. He likes. And John Terry, obviously, was a youngster coming through back in the day. And then he, and he was, you know, whatever we think of John Terry, he's a world-class defender, right? So, so and he played with John Terry and Carvalho and he had that partnership about that con- consistent experience. And that's why I just think, I've just got a feeling that um, another Christmas present for us Tottenham fans might be a Jan Vertonghen signing. Do you remember a couple of years ago when Mauricio Pochino had his armour and all these new signings? It, it might be that that again coming. Uh, let's see if we get a, a cheeky one coming out over the next few days for Jan. I think definitely as well, his, you know, as I said earlier, his his kind of presence on social media today, Jan Vertonghen, in promoting it, you do maybe, you know, I don't know if he'd do that necessarily if, if, he, had, if he didn't think he was going to sign a new deal. So, I think kind of what he's done today on in terms of his Instagram, I think it's probably a good sign that, that something will happen with this contract. Yeah, that would be great news, wouldn't it? I mean, where you see Spurs sitting now at the moment, you know, we've got this huge game against Chelsea, which we're going to talk about in a second. But, you know, it's exciting times again, isn't it? You know, to get Toby re-signed, you know, a couple of points off that top four. And I think it's right now. Let's bring, let's bring the Chelsea chat into this one because we've seen Mourinho face the media today and it's very interesting again comments that on facing Chelsea he says I'm 100% Tottenham I'm 100% my club always no space at all for my previous clubs I gave everything to all of them but they are my previous clubs my club is Tottenham so it's so easy for me not difficult from the emotional side of things I mean Jay for a man that let's be honest about it he's a Chelsea legend you know for some of those fans you know they'll worship him to the day they no longer support that football club. So just how much 
must that cut them inside to see Jose Mourinho talking like that about another club and that another club being Tottenham Hotspur? Yeah, look, I think it's, it has been brilliant and I, I've, I have really enjoyed uh, the start of his reign at, at Tottenham. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, it's great to see that he's now kind of doing that uh, against Chelsea. I mean, look, they're, they're, a, they're a club that are very obsessed with with us, of course, they, they you know when they come out, they they sing our name um, when they walk out Stamford Bridge. So it's yeah, it's, it's really nice to see. Um, but yeah, as you said, I think Mourinho it's just brought a real excitement to the ground. And I think I said it last night on Love Sport as well that you know just so much excitement now to to go to, to go and watch Spurs at home um, with Mourinho uh, making this you know such a good team there again. So yeah, all all very exciting at Spurs now. Lee, I mean, some fans would maybe say he's quick to forget. Just when he was obviously there twice, as much twice during his reign, he was sacked twice, it has to be said. I mean, are you surprised by those comments from him? And he even also went as far to say... He was asked a question, Lee, when Glenn Hoddle says Spurs are a bigger club than Chelsea. And he turned around and said, my club is always the best club in the world. The best, the biggest in the world. Always my club. Always. How must that feel for Chelsea fans hearing that? I don't know. I'm not a Chelsea fan, to be fair. But I mean, I, I think if that was Potticino, for example, talking, gone, gone to the Arsenal job and doing it, you, you know, you could, we can all kind of uh, relate to what that might feel like. But I mean, I, I think he's been very, very clever because he hasn't come out and said Tottenham are bigger than Chelsea and I love Spurs more than Chelsea and all that. He ain't said that. What he's actually said is my club, the one that I'm managing at the time is is always the biggest and the best. So he's been very clever with his words there. I think it's interesting to, to for, for Glenn having uh, been an absolute Tottenham legend. Uh, and for those of you who haven't watched Glenn play, go and watch some videos because the guy was literally immense, unbelievable, unbelievable talent. And he's also managed Tottenham and he's also managed Chelsea. So for, I know he's a Spurs legend, but for him to come out and say say them sorts of comments as well. So you know, it's it's, it's lovely to hear. Uh, again, a little bit like what Jamie said before. I'm, I'm, I am very. I have to say, I, I've, I've got a smile back on my face. Uh, although it wasn't, I, I've always got a smile on my face. Let's be honest. You know that, listeners. But, but you know, under <laughs> true, true. But, but underneath, underneath Potticino, towards the end, it, it was hard work. You know, it was difficult. And, and I've got that smile back. You know, lots of haircuts floating about and all them sorts of things <laughs> with uh, with Joe saying. I just think that. I, it's one of them games where I just can't I, I, I can't see us losing. It was like the West Ham away game. We hadn't won away since January the 20th at Fulham. And yet it was Jose Mourinho's first game and we all knew he was going to win. I don't think we had that feeling with the Man United game. And I, I, I don't know why, but for, for me, I can't see us losing this football match um, against Chelsea. And they were on a real bad run of form. You know, I got a stats book out last night, didn't I, on the Love Sports Show, as you guys know. And uh, they've lost four of the last five. We've scored more goals than them in the league. We've conceded less goals than them in the league. They've conceded 17 goals in the last um, uh, in their uh, in their away games. We've scored 19 goals in our home games. Jose's unbeaten at home. I, I mean, honestly, lads, can you see us losing this game? I personally can't. I mean, that, that's just me. I feel like with Mourinho in charge, I'm, I'm confident going into every game. And I just wonder also that fact, Jay, of, you know, master versus apprentice, how much that plays its toll on this game. And just on that, he reveals that he will not share a post-match drink with Frank Lampard because his stadium office is deep in our private headquarters. He says he'll give Lamps a big hug before and after. And he went on to say he loves the guy, he'll always love the guy, but he hopes he loses on Sunday. I mean... Do you think for Lampard, this is a massive tool, isn't it? He's coming up against a man that 
he's got a lot of respect for. He won a lot of trophies under him. But, I mean, to play up against Mourinho, that tactical battle, does that intimidate Lampard in a way? Or do you think he's relishing it, Jay? Um, yeah, I, th I think in a way it will maybe... Um, well, look, for, for Mourinho, I think it will certainly give him a big boost. He will not want to lose this game. He won't want Frank Lampard to get one over him. Um, and I, I think I said as well, I think that, that Chelsea, of course, um, I think it was since November 14th, they've um, picked up the fewest points uh, aside from Watford uh, in the Premier League. So it shows how poor and kind of the poor form they're in at the moment. Um, but yeah, Lampard is under big pressure now because I think that kind of new bounce that they've had um, with their young players coming through and being given that opportunity and working under a club legend like Frank Lampard, he's got a lot to prove now, I think, Frank Lampard. Um, I think in a lot of the games, yes, Chelsea looked very good, but now he's, you know, he's, he's in that difficult patch and he's got to go and prove that he's got the, the tactical know-how to, to go and um, face what's going to be a very difficult game. But as I said, I think for Mourinho, this is—it's just a massive motivation to go and to go and um, or not lose really on the weekend. Agree. And sticking with you, Jay, we've heard the news that Tungu Ndombele is available for this game. Mourinho wanted to make the point in his pre-match press conference of just how important he feels Tungu Ndombele is going to be for the future of Spurs. He believes he's key. He says he's a multifunctional midfielder. Tungu can play as a six, as an eight, or as a double. He's a player with a lot of quality. He just needs to be physically strong and mentally adapted to the Premier League. So does that maybe calm fears just in terms of, number one, his fitness, and number two, if he has a long-term future under Jose Mourinho? We know, Jay, that we spent a lot of money on this guy. And not just only that, you know, this is a guy that was widely scouted around Europe in the summer. Spurs were amongst a host of clubs chasing this guy's signature. I mean, he's got, he's got a massive future to come, hasn't he, at Tottenham? Yeah, look, I'm going to be really passionate about this guy. I think that Tongi Ndombele will become one of the best midfielders in the world. I have no doubt about that. I think that we've seen there's a huge amount of quality in there. He just seems to be kind of the perfect central midfielder. And... We've seen it with many players in the Premier League. Um, Sadio Mane, of course, you know, he took a while to get to the levels that he's been at. Fabinho, as I keep on saying, he's a guy that kind of um, was, was OK in his first year, but has become a real, you know, just a beast this season. And I know Tongi Ndombele is going to do the same. And, it, you know, he, he's 22, so obviously very young still. So, look, the Premier League is a very difficult uh, league to come and adapt to. It's, you know, the physicality is there, the intensity of games. And for, for a player like Ndombele to come in that hasn't really had that sort of challenge, I think that when he's, you know, it's going to take him a long time. I know people were saying, yeah, it's been six months and yeah, or, or however long it has been and, and he hasn't up to speed. But look, I, I really believe that it's probably going to take longer than that. And I don't think that it's, it's going to be a worry for Spurs that this player is maybe not, I'm sure they'll be fine with the level that he's at. But for me, I really believe that Tongi Ndombele is going to become one of the best in the world in his position. And for Spurs fans, i just got to say, you've just got to be patient with this guy because I really believe he's going to be class for Spurs. Do you share that belief, Lee? Do you think Tungy will be incredibly key for the football club in the future? Yeah, for sure. Love it, Jamie. Love it. Come on, the passion. I, I, I agree. I, I just, you just want to see him fit. He needs to have a run of games and get up to speed with the with the Premier League, the intensity, you know, the mentality, whatever, whatever everyone says. But I, personally... I want to see him in a number, what would probably be a number six, in terms of 
spraying the ball out, taking that ball, the transition from back to front and actually looking up, putting some of them outrageous through balls through, you know, some of them passes, the quickness to turn. Um, again, that, that Dembele, uh, Musa Dembele-like um, ability to control the ball. Um, and, and uh, you know, we've seen it in flashes and I want to just see them in the, in the heart of that central midfield doing that. I don't want to see him personally further up the pitch. I don't need him to be a number 10 per, you know, essentially. He needs to be somebody that's kind of sitting almost playing that. Yeah, I mean, is it a number 6, would it be? Or maybe a number 8? I think number maybe 8, not, yeah. Number yeah, eight, may, yeah, maybe not doing all of the running, like box to box all of the time, but actually just sitting and being clever and passing and spraying. You know, what I don't want to see, and I, I, want, to, I want to see Eric Dargett's minutes in his legs as well, because I think, you know, I'm passionate about Eric uh, getting back to where he was before and, and Mourinho obviously loves him as well. What I don't want to see is I don't want to see Eric Dyer and Tungum Dumbele playing in central midfield and then Eric Dyer bypassing Tungum Dumbele's passing ability and then him just, you know, putting the ball backwards and sideways. You know, it should almost be win the ball back, give it to Tungum Dumbele to, to actually be a quarterback and start spraying balls around. Get them front four running on the front foot going forward. That's where you want to be. I mean, how devastating is Mora with his pace? How did We saw that against Wolves. We saw that against Burnley. How devastating is Son with his pace? Clearly, everyone knows what Son can do. How devastating is Deli Alley running in behind for, you know, beyond Kane? And, and Kane getting on the, on the end of things as well. We've got a devastating front four now, um, you know, with the, with the substitution of Moore with Ericsson, because, you know, you all know what I thought about our front four before. Um, and, and now with Tunga and Dumbella, if you can start spraying them passes about, um, it is that combination of who Wig or who Jose is going to play in a central midfield. Now, is it Tunga and Dumbele, uh, Dyer, Sissoko, Winks? How does that all fit together? Uh, you know, and, and Jose gets paid, what, 15 million a year to make them decisions. So good luck to him. Oh, look, I think that's the other thing I was going to point out. It's worked really important that we find uh, Dumbele a partner. I think that it, it, we need to have someone that, like Eric Dyer, I mean, I don't know necessarily whether it will be die long term, but if it is, then then that be the case. But I just want someone in there who can kind of sit and and allow Ndombele, as Lee said, to just go and express himself. I mean, we've seen, you know, his passing ability of of, of putting the ball through the lines, um, and so I just want someone in there who can who can kind of allow him to to go and really express himself. Yeah, and I just I just want to come back on that. You know, just uh, I don't know how you edit this story, Rick, but. Just on that passing in between the lines, that's why when Eric Dyer, if if, if he plays Eric Dyer and Tungun Dembele longer term, whether or not it's on on Sunday or, or further, for, uh, you know, uh, you know, throughout the season, we want somebody that's going to break up that play and shield and def- and help the defence, and then literally just lay the ball off for somebody who's got the skill and the ability to, uh, you know, to pass in between the lines or go over the top or spot that pass, and whatever that combination is. That, for me, is the role that Tungo and Dembele should be playing. What, what we shouldn't be doing with Tungo, in my opinion, it's just my humble opinion, we shouldn't be putting him in a defensive midfield role for him to break the play up necessarily. And we shouldn't obviously be pushing him too far forward so that the person or the, the, the central midfielder that's passing the ball isn't him. Does that make sense? It, it needs to be it him yep. that's making the, the, the passes in between the lines and, the, and, and having the runs. Because, like we said before, Son... Moore, Kane, Ali, they're making these runs and their movement is absolutely critical. And if you think you've got 
arrows on all four of them and all of them arrows are just pushing forward. It's an utter nightmare for defenders. We need somebody that's going to be able to spray that ball and hit them where they're making runs, where they're dropping shorter and giving it a given goes. And that, that isn't Eric Dyer. Do you know what I mean? Like, no offence to Eric Dyer. Eric Dyer's role is different in the team. Agree. No, 100%. I totally agree with that. Different, completely different role to Eric Dyer. Remains to be seen what Spurs do long term about that. Now, just to finish up on the show, we saw Mourinho also mention during that pre-match press conference, which comes after our show here, that he does not expect Hugo Lloris to return in February. Now, he said club initial... Well, the club's initial and post-surgery prognosis had him returning in January. But, I mean... That may be a bit of a concern long term because you just don't quite know what Hugo Lloris you're going to get back. And I think there were maybe some initial concerns as to whether Mourinho would fancy Hugo Lloris. I think there's been a lot of concern in the past. I think with you lads as well, as, in terms of me, just the way Hugo Lloris expresses himself. Now, we see the way Harry Kane talks in comparison to Hugo Lloris. And it's almost so parallel between the two, just, just the difference in terms of... Kane's mm. winning mentality to so maybe Hugo being happy to accept second best and it being about the process and growing and I think we're at a point now where we just want to have that success hence the reason we've gone and hired for me one of the best managers in the world and he just made one to make a point on Hugo that for him Jose Mourinho sees Hugo as a champion not just a champion of the world but also a champion as a professional, he works very, very hard, very brave, accelerated processes of the injury. He's doing amazingly well in terms of his progress. And does that maybe allay some fears, Lee, that Hugo Lloris might not be fancied by Jose Mourinho? Or is it in his interest at the moment to keep him sweet until the end of the season where he can really have a good sit and think down as to whether Hugo mm. Lloris is good enough for Tottenham long term? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I listened to uh, the show a couple of, uh, I think it was a couple of Loveport shows ago, uh, Rick, actually, with, with you with you guys on. And um, I, I, I didn't listen to it live, so I couldn't ring in. But I wanted to ring in because I thought you guys were a little bit harsh on uh, on Gazaniga. Um, you know, I think all of you said that he's definitely not a number one. And I, and I couldn't really understand it because I think, that you know, Gazaniga has got an, a massive opportunity here to, to take that number one spot away from Hugo. I mean, I, I, I don't know if anyone's forgotten, right? But that, that game that he got injured, which was horrific injury, he made an absolute wrecket in the first place, Hugo Lloris, to, to, in order to, for, the, um, for the injury to occur. So it, Hugo's always got a wicket in him. And I'm not saying that Gazaniga is better than in now. I'm not saying that. But Gazaniga has come in cold, essentially, and he's had what? The best part of when did uh, that was Brighton away. So, how many games has he had? He's had 10 games on the trot yet? He might have had eight, eight or nine games. Yeah, that's fair. Trot, I think he has had around the 10 mark. Yeah. 10 games. You know, and we're making a judgment as whether or not he's good enough to be a number one. He's only had 10 games. Well, Hugo's been number one for like, you know, what, 10 years? Um, you know, so I think that was a little bit harsh on Gazaniga. And, and, and actually, the, the reason why I'm making that point when you're talking about Lloris is because I think Lloris is going to find it very difficult to get back in the side. Not only because of the ability of Gazaniga, because I'm backing him, go on Gazaniga, but also because of that injury, we just don't know. And I think one of you, I think Jamie, or you might have said this actually on the show the other week, that we just don't know how bad that injury has been are going to affect him going forward. You know, and, and again, I know goalkeepers go into the more of the twilight of their careers, and I'm not saying <laughs> Lloris's career's over, but if that injury's having an effect and he's, you know, he's over 30 as well, he's won, uh, you know, the World Cup, and, you know, he might he might sort of say, actually, 5% less 
you know, effort or, or, or um, uh, confidence in that arm might mean his, his, um, his performances drop off even more. So I, I do think that, I don't think the club will go out and get a new goalkeeper. Uh, I know both of our um, youngsters um, have just signed new contracts respectively, uh, which is fantastic news for the club. Um, and I don't think we'll go and get a new goalkeeper per se, but I do think Lloris is going to find it difficult to bit, bit, get back in the side. And I'll go as far as to say, you might not see him in a Spurs shirt again this season. Wow. I mean, Jamie, do you think the same as Lee, or do you think you will see him back as a Tottenham goalkeeper featuring before the end of the season? Uh, look, yeah, look, on, on that point with Lloris, I, I have big fears for him because it was a very nasty injury, dislocating your elbow. You know, as a goalkeeper, that's going to take massive confidence to, you know, shot stopping and diving around. That's one thing I really do worry about. I mean, I kind of suffered, I've suffered the same sort of injury uh, dislocation and you know that took me it takes a very long time to kind of build that confidence up on doing things with that on doing things with the the, the part of the body that you've dislocated so for me I do worry about him and um, you know I already already worried about him before the injury you know we saw he made lots of mistakes Lee said you know even for the goal where he where he did the injury it was it was a mistake that he made uh, in terms of dropping the ball so for me, I do believe that goalkeeper is an area that Spurs do need to go and address. Um, yes, I think in a way, I do agree that Lee in terms of Gazaniga has been really good for Spurs um, in the time that he's kind of come in to fill in. But long term, I maybe have concerns over whether he's a guy that will allow Spurs to go and kind of challenge for, for Premier League titles and Champions Leagues if, if that's what our ambitions are to do so under Jose Mourinho. The thing is, though, just to interact with that on, on Gazaniga, right? I'm, I'm like the Gazaniga fan club. I mean, he's a good-looking fellow, isn't he? Let's be, let's be honest about it's it. Because he looks like you, but, mean, That's what it is. Well, like you, you know, uh, some people have said that, you know what I mean? But, uh, no, I mean, you know, if you think about it, if you go through, like, kind of the key attributes of, of you know, the goalkeepers, what I love about Gazaniga, like, he has got a rick in him as well, but so has Allison, so has Edison, right? And, you know, so has Kepa. Like, they've all had ricks, right? Do you know what I mean? At, at the end of the day, when you look at Gazaniga, he's a prime age for a goalkeeper is more of the new gen next generation goalkeepers is distribution um you know in terms of the way he can low kick and find passes is in my opinion a lot better than Larice's. his shot stopping is also very good i mean the one-handed save that he made uh, against neves against wolves the other day was fa was fantastic and gets over overshadowed as well and he, he tipped one over the bar as well um in in that same game you know really good um good agility about the guy and and the point i was making before is that he's had 10 games on the trot probably for the first time in his career, you know, so, so at the end of the day, maybe we get, I think Jason said this about three years ago about Harry Winks, give him some game time, get some, some Premier League games in Harry Winks and see, and then start making some judgments. And, and I think the same has got to be said about Gazaniga. Um, I don't think it's a case of we need to go and splash 80 million quid to go and buy a new goalkeeper. Um, but equally, and, I, and I'm not saying that Gazaniga is better than, you know, all these other, you know, and Alisson, for example, but no one can sit there and tell me that Alisson hasn't made uh, rickets, you know, because he has. He's made ricks, but he's still winning FIFA player goalkeeper of the year. But but he's had that first team time at Roma and now through Liverpool to to progress to be a brilliant goalkeeper. Maybe that's what will happen with Gazaniga. One to keep an eye on. Well, guys, that's the end. We did the Chelsea preview, of course, on Love Sport Radio. We gave our predictions on there. Lee, a final maybe rallying cry from you then ahead of this huge game against Chelsea. Are you confident? And are we bringing on these three points? I know you were very confident on Love Sport. You still confident? 
Well, last night I said I don't mind having egg on my face on the Love Sport show, and uh, I'm still going to stick with it. Look, I think like, the stats speak for themselves. I think it's down to us. I think it's down to uh, the players. I think we'll play. Uh, I think we'll go at them. I think we've we, we've seen it under Jose Mourinho. Um, I think there'll be goals. Uh, for sure, and uh, and I think we get the way we're playing under the lights at the uh, the new lane at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We need to get behind them. We need to be raucous. We need to. You know, it don't have to be a battle of the bridge. It just has to be go and play how we know we can play. Toby will be buzzing because he's just got a new contract, so we'll probably have a man of match performance, hopefully, um, and and galvanise the rest. I, I feel there's a big game coming in for uh, for Harry Kane, and I'm bagging. Uh, he's going to bag a brace, I think, tomorrow. So I think three one Tottenham. Three one Tottenham there from Lee. What are you going for, Jamie? I think you did give your prediction last night. You'll give it again. I think I'm going for the same as Lee. I do think it'll be a win. I think it'll be three one. Um, look, it kind of feels a game that is similar to the United game in terms of they were coming in off the back of poor form. And of course, that game didn't go very well at all. But I do believe it will be different this time because I feel as though there is now kind of a real buzz at, at the new stadium. Um, and especially, I just think this Toby Aldevarad news, I think so many fans just really have, have, have kind of fallen in love with Toby over the last few years. And I think that that's going to give a massive you know, positivity and a lift to the stadium tomorrow. The, I'm sure the vibes there will be brilliant. And yeah, I'm, I'm just very confident that Spurs can go there and win. Totally agree. I'm going to go for 3 1 Spurs as well. Full round here. Lovely. Full house. Full, Full house, house, boys. 3 1. 3 1. We've got some massive shows to come. Obviously, we've got the, the show that's going to be reviewing this one coming to you on Sunday. Thank you again for all your support. We've got a busy Christmas period to come. Don't worry. The games are coming thick and fast. We're going to try amongst ourselves to try and ra- review every single one of them with Lee, with Jamie. Lee. Thank you for coming back on. Crazy circumstances tonight. Thank you ever so much for coming back on. Crazy, crazy train, baby. We love it. And uh, Merry Christmas to everybody um, uh, that listens to the pod. And come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. And Jamie, as always, thank you for coming on. You'll be back around this Christmas period. We've got so many games that come thick and fast, Jay. They don't stop for us. Love sport or no love sport? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, thank you for everyone who's kind of listened to the show. Uh, and thank you for Ricky as well for his kind of his hard work and, and the others across the year done a fantastic job. So, yeah, very calm. Well, just to kind of get it out there, guys, I've got to mention this. We have now reached 1.75 million listens. Absolutely staggering. It's done 1.75 millions on our 201st Last Word on Spurs show. Many more to come. Thank you so much for all your support. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Hi, Gary. Thank you. Great news about Toby. Yeah, great news. Uh, we are happy. We club. We are happy. Toby is happy. I believe also supporters happy. So good news. Really good news. It's already been called by Tottenham fans on social media the Mourinho effect. After maybe over a year of speculation, he's now signed. How much of an influence on that have you had? Little. I believe little. Um, when uh, I read his, uh, his comments, the thing that jumps immediately is uh, I couldn't be happier in another place. So I think that's, that's a fundamental thing. He loves it here. He was always happy here. He believes in, in a better future. He was more than happy to, uh, to agree. The only thing that maybe I had a little bit of influence on him 
maybe the fact that he knows my my belief in him. He knows that I think he, he can be very influential in, in the team. He played every minute of uh, of every match uh, since I arrived. So I think that's that's a good feeling. Six matches uh, playing every minute. But for me, the fundamental thing is uh, is this quote: "I couldn't be happier in another place." And do you think it could be the start of a kind of domino effect, like Sevian, Belgian friend? I don't think I don't think is a domino effect. I think is every player is uh, is a different uh, situation. I think uh, for a player in the last year of contract to sign a contract must be. Uh, a union of desires uh, is the club, is the manager, is the player, is the agent, eventually the family or, or friends, but must be like a union of, uh, of desire. And uh, with, uh, with uh, Toby, that expression of... Uh, of desire come at the same time from every person involved. So he's done. Toby is done. He stays with us. I know it's very much your desire to make Sunday Tottenham team versus Chelsea team. Can you get away from the Jose Mourinho yes. playing his old club? Of course. Of course I can. I can. <laughs> Maybe others they cannot maybe you you cannot i can for me is a game for me is a game uh i am uh, 100% uh, tottenham i am 100% my club always all my career 100% my club and no space at all for uh my previous clubs my previous clubs i gave everything to all of them, everything. I, I kept nothing from me. I gave everything to my previous clubs. But they are my previous clubs. So I give everything I have to my club. And my club is Tottenham. So for me, it's so, so easy to play that, that game. Difficult because of the quality of, of, uh, of Chelsea. But not difficult for the emotional point of view. Not at all easy. But having said that, your record, Jesse Mourinho's record against your former clubs at home is very good. Played 13, won 12, drawn 1. You know more than me because I had no idea. I, I don't know. I play, I play against Porto, I play against Chelsea. I don't know. Uh, I'm not a stats man. I, but it's so easy for me to say always the, the, the obvious. I told the same when we play Manchester United. Before the game, is is great to see uh, some people that even now you consider your friends. After the game, the same feeling is is good. But during the game, there is not one second to think about it. And, and there's not one, one inch of, of doubt. I am... I am Tottenham 100%, and uh, the same way I gave everything to make uh, Chelsea supporters uh, smile and be happy. That's exactly the same, the same desire I have to give everything to Tottenham fans and to make them smile and be happy. And that's what I want to try 
on Sunday, of course, together with with my boys and, of course, with the help of an amazing stadium. One month ago when you came to Spurs, would you have taken needing to win a home game to go into the top four? Of course, of course. Uh, when we arrived, we were uh, 12 points distance. We were uh, obviously closer to the bottom than to the top, but of course we knew it where we belong, and we knew it that was a question of a question of time to leave these awful positions and to have an approach. But we were not looking to top four. We we never spoke about it. We were just speaking about let's try to get results and points and see where uh, this situation is going to. Uh, to take us, uh, you know, in this moment we we know that we can end the year in the top four, but end of the year is not important. Important is end of season, and uh, this is not just between us and uh, uh, and Chelsea. Manchester United is involved, Wolves is involved. There are many other teams involved in in this uh, top six, top four uh, fight. So every point is is a crucial point. Every match is a big match. Obviously, you know that you're close to Frank, who made you as an inspiration to him. Do you, is this the most difficult period of his managerial career, like one in the last five Premier League? You know, but it, this happens to, to everyone. Um, uh, the, do you know who is the best manager in the world? He's the one that never lost a match. <laughs> that guy is the best. When you are a manager, you lose matches. You have difficult moments, but um, that's the way it is. So I think uh, our life is an accumulation of, uh, of experiences. I accumulate experiences uh, since 2001 or since 2000. Frank accumulates experiences uh, since last year. I can imagine that after such a fantastic work he did that at Derby to lose the the playoff final is also a, an experience that hurts. And this season in Chelsea is having fantastic matches, fantastic uh, uh, results. Qualified the team to the to the next round of uh, of the Champions League. Is fourth in this moment. Is fourth in the in the difficult Premier League. So I think he's doing well. He's doing well. <laughs> My club is always the best club in the world. The best, the biggest uh, is always my club. Always. Get it in, say. I don't think it's a question for me. I don't know. I don't know how to answer to you. I know that he's a manager with with potential. I know that his young players are uh, some of the best young players in in um, in English football. I know that he has a great core of experience and quality players. When you look to to William Alonso, Rudiger, uh, Kante, when you look to all these guys, you are speaking about 
some of the best players in in the Premier League. When you look at at the young guys, um, they are, I think, almost all of them now even full internationals with with England. You are speaking about a fantastic, uh, fantastic squad. So I'm not uh, I'm not surprised that uh, they are doing well. What will you do post match? Are you going to have a drink? Is that something that you're expecting to do with Frank afterwards? Don't think so, uh, because. Uh, our stadium is built in a way where uh, uh, my office is completely on the inside of of our private headquarters, and until now I never invite any any manager to go there, and I, I don't think I'm going to do that with with Frank. But uh, like I used to say, a big hug before the game and another big hug after the game. That's for sure, independent of. Uh, of results independent of who is happy i think our feelings are going to be to be forever i will be always grateful to him for what he gave me as a as a player and nothing is going to to change i love the guy i will always love the guy i hope he loses sunday He's a champion, and not just a champion of the world. He's also a champion as a as a professional. Works very very hard, very brave, accelerates processes. But there are limits of that acceleration of process with such an important uh, such an important injury. But he's he's doing amazingly well. He's working with a different group of people since. The, the physios until the goalkeeper coach is is working really really hard, and uh, you know it's difficult to 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 set up a a date. I would say February. Uh, probably I will I will be not far from it if I say February, and of course February goes from the first until the 28th or 29th. 29. 29. This year. So 29. George. Jose, hello. I, I watched you on Sky Sports earlier this season that you were at Anfield and you said you was worried about Chelsea. I was good, no? <laughs> Very good. Very good. But you saw this collapse coming? From this Chelsea collapse, the way you spoke about their defending against big teams? Well, it's a collapse that keeps them fourth in the Premier League and that uh, keeps them in, in the Champions League playing uh, an amazing uh, knockout against uh, Bayern Munich. If that is a collapse, it's not a bad collapse. They are fine. But you've made some big progress against them in recent weeks, closing down this top four race. Because we won our matches in 15 points, we did uh, 15, no? We did 12. <coughs> yeah, so we did lots of points. Even losing a match, no draws, so we, we won matches, we did lots of points. When opponents lose uh, some matches, you have the chance to to approach. That's a difficulty when you chase. That's a difficulty. It's like Man City. If Man City now they win three, four, five matches in a row, and Liverpool doesn't lose points, it looks like they are not doing very, very well. But if they do it and Liverpool loses a couple of matches, then it's a different story. We does and uh, 
and our direct competitors, uh, Chelsea, United, Wolves, Arsenal, uh, with all these good teams, we managed to do 12 points in, in such a small period of time, and we had an approach. Are you ahead of where you want to be in the race for the top four? Did you think you could get in the top four? In terms of the position, I am, I am ahead of where, where I expect it to be. Uh, because you depend always on the results of your opponent, and I couldn't, uh, I, I couldn't imagine, and I cannot control that Chelsea lost a few matches, that uh, uh, Arsenal lost a couple of matches. The only control that we had was to beat Wolves, and Wolves was uh, in front of us, and now they are behind us. A part of that we cannot, we cannot control. You have a great record managing against. Former players that have become managers. I think you've won 11 out of 12. Do you get an extra kick from managing against players that you used to manage? I lost against Frank last year. Is that the only one? Yeah, but I lost. But do you get an extra buzz out of managing against those players? No, not at all. Okay, go to Ellie. Then you finish with Charlie. Tom Beyond the Bell is back in training. Is he fit enough to play? Yeah. 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 He's a multifunctional midfield player. I'm not telling him. I'm not telling you the way we are going to uh, to play. I'm not even uh, telling you that we are not going to to change. Because when you get more tactical culture and the players work more time with you, you are able to. To change in this moment, clearly you could feel that in the first two, three, four matches, I was very careful of trying to get the players into some stability and some dynamic. But Tangi can play uh, as a six, as a, as as an eight, as a double. Is a player with a lot of quality. Just need to be physically strong, uh, mentally adapted to the Premier League. The French league is a complete, complete different story, a complete different profile. But fantastic talent, so we are happy that uh, he can he can help us. Yeah, I mean, this is your first kind of full week, really, without any interruptions. What kind of different things have you been able to work with? The intensity of the ideas, because the ideas we always tried to bring them to the to the training pitch. When I say ideas, I I say obviously the tactical ideas. But one thing is to do it with lower intensity and lower density because you played yesterday, because you play tomorrow and sometimes you don't even do it with with real opposition, you do it with what we call passive opposition. Uh, in this mo in this moment in, in, in this week was the first week where we managed to to do it also uh, using the, the physical adaptations and we work uh, at the intensity we like to to work, which is an intensity very very high, because this is the way we try to to play either defensively or offensively. So was was fundamentally about that. And um, between January February, I think we are going to have uh, a couple of more weeks like that, unless we have uh, we have some FA Cup replay to play, and then we interrupt one of these possible weeks. But if we don't have uh, draws in our match against uh, Middlesbrough and eventually in the next round if we win, then we will be fine because we are going to have more weeks to, to, to work. Okay, finish with Charlie. Just on that, having a full week, do you think we'll see a slightly different looking side um, on Sunday, just having had that benefit? 
I hope the team improves. Yes, I think we are improving step by step. Uh, but fundamentally, we are improving with the matches we play more than the training sessions that we have. Are the matches that are bringing us to do correct things, to do mistakes, to analyze the mistakes, to try to go over the mistakes, which we did, of course, uh, a lot since I arrived. Another thing is to have uh, a training week to, to work. So I would be disappointed if uh, the team doesn't answer well to the, um, the quality they gave me, because they gave me lots of quality and um, commitment and uh, desire in this, um, in this uh, week of work. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.